You're listening to the Outdoor Photography Podcast, episode 82. In today's Tidbit Tuesday, we hear from a bunch of our listeners who called in to share their best, favorite, or most unusual outdoor photography tidbits. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Brenda Petrella, the creator of Outdoor Photography School. Join me as I sit down with top landscape and nature photographers and outdoor industry experts to chat about creativity, composition, photography tips and techniques, essential gear, safety in the outdoors, respect for nature, and so much more. Tune in every week to learn how to create compelling and impactful images while exploring and enjoying the natural world. Welcome to the Outdoor Photography Podcast. Hello, my friends, Brenda Petrella here, here to help you create better images and reconnect with nature. I'm really excited about today's episode because it is a pleasure to be able to share the airwaves with you and it provides an opportunity for us to learn from each other. For those of you who may have missed the announcement, the idea for this episode was inspired by a conversation I had with one of our listeners, Paul Rodden, who shared with me a very helpful tip, which we'll hear in just a moment. And in that conversation, the light bulb went on and I realized that it would be a lot of fun to hear from you all about your favorite photography or outdoor tips in a Tidbit Tuesday episode. And you delivered. So today we will hear from nine of our listeners, some of whom provided more than one tip or tidbit. And if they provided their website or social media handles as well, I've linked to them in the show notes. And with that, let's get right to your tidbits. Brenda, Paul Rodden here. One day I was out with my camera and it was really buggy that day and I sort of doused myself with deep, deep woods off because the bugs were just terrible. About 15 minutes down the trail, um, one of those little guys flew right into my eye and I had bug spray all over my hands so I couldn't rub my eye to try to get it out. I had to wait till I got home and I got my lubricating eye drops and a couple drops in my eye and it came right out. Now I carry a bottle of it in my um, camera backpack with me just for that occasion. It works great. A few drops and the bugs out. Hey, Brenda, this is Denise Lenbauer, longtime listener. My tidbit is super simple and kind of funny but it is a good set of knee pads. I got mine in the gardening area of a garden shop, like a plant store. So I use them constantly, just used them Saturday, and today is Tuesday. I have fake knees, so they're a necessity for me, but they do keep your legs clean if you do have to kneel in wet sand or mud or something, but knee pads, padded ones. Keep up the good work. Bye. Hi, everyone. This is Egidio. Do you use the noise software before you start editing your photos? If you use artificial intelligence software, such as Topaz Denoise AI, it is best to use it before you make any edits to your raw files. The reason behind that is simple. You don't want to increase noise levels by making edits and only later use denoise. So start editing your files after you remove any noise present in the image. Then make your edits. 
you will see that you are not adding more noise if your image had any noise for starters. And now we hear from Chris Sobjic. Well, hello, Brenda. It's Chris. I'm here coming from Cranbrook, BC, Canada, right beside the Rocky Mountains. Um, live right on the migration of wildlife that goes north and south each year. And one of the things that I've got some mobility challenges. So one of the things that I found that was absolutely fantastic is that I went and got one of those pool noodles, those little foam things, sliced it, cut it the length of my window, sliced it, put it on top. So I've got a great place for uh, to put my lens on it. I use a 200 to 500 Nikon lens. And by sitting by the ponds and stuff like that, after a while, the ducks just forget all about you and they come close by. So hope that helps if that's what's something you're looking for. So have a great day. And yep, I'm outside enjoying the sunshine and the nature. Thank you. Hi, this is Jim Moyer with a suggestion for your upcoming program. On the camera that you use for landscape and outdoors, uh, be sure to have uh, an L bracket permanently mounted on there and then have uh, a tripod. It could be an old tripod that you just always have in your car. If you do this, whenever you take your camera, uh, you're ready to pop it on the tripod and uh, do some landscape work, uh, even if you're just going to the grocery store or running errands. That's my two cents. Thank you. Bye. Hi, everyone. This is Egidio. Do you make good use of the mode dial presets in your camera? Although I've been using the SLRs and mirrorless cameras for many years, it was only in the last couple of years that I took the time to use the three programmable settings found on the mode dial. The mode dial is where you select whether to shoot on auto, shutter priority, aperture priority, etc. They may change among camera manufacturers, but you can generally find three numbered settings shown as one, two, three on the dial. Read your camera manual and assign frequently used settings for those presets. For example, I sometimes shoot macros and have a preferred setting for macro photography. So instead of changing ISO, aperture, shutter speed, etc. every time, I simply turn the dial to the macro setting I saved. The same is true when I want to shoot wildlife in motion. I have another setting that I use with those parameters to stop action. I cannot tell you how many times those settings have come in handy. I may be shooting a flower with a shallow depth of field and quickly see a butterfly or some other moving animal. I just move the dial to the setting that has everything ready to stop action. And now we hear from John Vant Land. If you use Lightroom Classic, perhaps you've done the photo merge with a panorama with three or four images. But just this past week, I tried using many more images. I made a grid-like shot with four by four. In fact, you don't even have to be that careful. You can just shoot images all over the place, overlap them generously, make sure your wide-angle lens is not too wide, 24 millimeters work fine for me. And I keep the shutter speed and the f-stop the same. Use auto ISL so that the lighting seems to come out pretty balanced. And when I'm done, I import them into Lightroom and do the photo merge. 
eight, uh, panorama, and I'm just amazed at what I get. Sometimes you'll see a tree branch or something coming out of the sky, or you see something that's not quite too good. You can clean that up in Photoshop or maybe even in Lightroom itself. But some of the results are just incredible. The scene is not only wide, but it's high with fall colors above you or, or interesting flowers below you. And using this method, you really get the whole scene. Hope it works for you. Next up, we hear from Jim Kloszewski. Hi, Brenda. I spend a lot of time in the woods in the fall harvesting wild edibles and, of course, doing photography. I'm constantly getting covered in burrs from beggar's ticks, stick tights, tick trefoil seeds, etc. By accident, I found out if I crumpled up a plastic shopping bag and rubbed that on my pant legs, the seeds would come off. So I got a brighter idea and grabbed my wife's mesh nylon um, bath shower sponge and rubbed that on my clothing and it took all the seeds off without any effort. And the best thing is it doesn't ruin your fabric of your clothing whatsoever. Hey, Brenda, Julie Picardi here. I love your podcast, by the way. And um, yeah, I've got a few things to share. My husband and I love to shoot wildlife, and we often shoot from our vehicle and use it as a blind. Our truck has a sunroof, and I'll often crawl up there and shoot the animals from that vantage point, and it doesn't seem to bother them. We also have tail extenders that we use on our zoom lenses, which help us with the distance issue. And a third tip that I have to offer for us girls is a product called Tinkle Bell, which you can get at Amazon. Uh, you know, the boys really haven't made. It's easy for them to be out in the field. But for us girls, it's a little more difficult. So this uh, kind of reduces that challenge. I have a website. It's juliepicardiphotography.com. And I'm also on Instagram, Jules8908, and uh, Vagabond Girl. And I'm also on Facebook. You can look up my name there. So um, thanks so much for doing this. And uh, I'll be listening to you on my next walk. Thanks, Brenda. Next up, we hear from Gary Dennis. Hi, Brenda. This is Gary from Colorado. Many times we arrive at a location and find that the harsh light of midday does not lend itself to a good composition. And at times, it's very difficult to correct that in post-processing. About a year ago, I discovered infrared photography. It allows you to get that composition, and during the post-processing of an infrared image, you can create a much more dramatic composition whether in false color or in black and white. In particular, the black and white midday images can be very dramatic. Thanks for asking. Hi, everyone. This is Ejidio. Have you been taking advantage of the new Intersect masks in Lightroom? This is a new feature of the latest Lightroom Classic version, the Intersect masks. Some photographers are raving about what you can do by using intersect masks. Here's an example that you can hopefully visualize. Say you have a landscape photo that includes sky, mountains, and uh, reflection on a lake. 
you can select the sky or if you what you really want to do is edit the mountains so you can just do for example a gradient mask from the top of the image all the way down to the bottom of the mountains and then you can use an intersect mask to create a mask just for the mountains what i suggest is that you look online for youtube videos with this new intersect mask it is a game changer just do a search on youtube with the words intersect mask and you will find how to create more complex and very effective masks to do specific edits and you can use intersect masks with just about any other kind of mask with a color range with luminosity etc it's worth a try check it out All right, thanks so much for listening to this Tidbit Tuesday. And I just want to give a huge shout out and thank you to everyone who took the time to record and share their tidbits. You can find the links mentioned today in the show notes at outdoorphotographypodcast.com slash 82. And I also wanted to take a moment to thank all of you who have left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on the podcast website. These really help the show reach new listeners, and they also help me to get great guests to come on and share their perspectives with you. So thank you so much for taking a moment to do that. Next week, award-winning fine art photographer Charles Needle joins me on the podcast to chat about macro photography, including answering the questions you submitted to me on Instagram. And we also chat about impressionistic and abstract photography, the benefits of taking a mindful approach, the healing powers of photography, and more. And so until then, get outside, my friends, and find yourself a little nature. Take care. <laughs>